0: It's gonna be a headache, headache of a transaction where you, everything could be avoided by going with a private lender who's professional who has millions of dollars. Hey, it's JP. Hi, it's Excel.
1: And you're listening to Terry Shower on the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. I'm here with Sarah Jane Kenneth Shillingham. Did I get it?
0: Yes, 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 yes. Okay, good stuff. We rebate on the interest
1: rate. <laughs> wow, that, that was fast. Let's see <laughs> if I can rack up some more discounts by the end of the show. <laughs> um, and uh, Sergeant is a mortgage broker. He's going to explain us exactly what kind of lending he does. Sergeant, let's just jump right in. Tell me about your journey through life that has led you to be sitting here with me on the podcast this morning.
0: Yes, definitely. Thank you so much, Terry. Uh, much appreciated. Um, so I started when I was 22 years old. I'm 29 now. Um, as a mortgage broker, I didn't know what I was going into. Uh, I was just lost, uh, and I was figuring out something to do in my life. With my life, uh, and yeah, I heard about like mortgage broker, how they can work pretty, pretty much from everywhere. Uh, but they can be on the other side of the world, and they can pretty much do clients because everything is. These days we can do everything virtually. And I heard of this person who was working from Vietnam uh, and he was dealing client, dealing with clients from Quebec. I'm like, what the uh, what is this job? And I was always interested about real estate. My parents always bought real estate and like as immigrant parents, they never tell you, for my case, you know, they they never told me like why investing is good, but I saw them invest, right? Um, and, uh, I was, so I, I, I saw them invest. I I saw them making money and I was, I also invested with them at 80 years old now. So I made some money. And so I'm like, you know what, if I can be in real estate, work in real estate, I'll learn faster, uh, how to invest. So what's the best job I can get in real estate? I was looking around and I found a broker. I didn't like uh, a real estate agents. I didn't like that, that selling houses. Uh, I was uh, all about numbers. I was I was studying at, uh, in, uh, at uh, Concordia in finance, so uh, I was always interested about um, finances, micro-economy. and yeah. So that's pretty pretty much how I got into the mortgage mortgage business, and uh, yeah. After that, I fell in love. I didn't know was what, what I was gonna what I was getting into, like, but I fell in love with the business.
1: Okay, and so. Like, you know, explain to me. So you start this at 22, you're now 29. What does that path look like between that time and now?
0: Uh, it was really hard in the, in the, in the beginning because, you know, uh, mortgages uh, were selling uh, debt, right? $300, $400, dollars of debt. And especially when I started, uh, I used to work as a security guard before. And before that, uh, at McDonald's. So I didn't have a big um, network. Of people that that were that, that were ready to buy properties, you know, especially even my my own friends, they were all young, they were they were still at school, so it was very really, very really tough for me. But you know what? I told myself if I can work on marketing, work on getting better at sales, work on getting a bigger network, uh, you now in five years when they'll finish school and they'll be doctor or they'll be a uh, uh, engineers, I'm gonna already like have all those experience and I can pretty much, I'll be so much far away and pretty much maybe make some money out of that. So that's what I told myself and it worked out pretty well for me, you know, like uh, now I'm pretty well known in the industry. People knows me for uh, uh, for alternative, alternative solutions, private lending solutions. Uh, if someone, uh, if you talk to any real estate agent, any property broker, and if you say, uh, I need an alternative solution and they can do it, they know who to call. It's me, pretty much. That's, uh, so it was a tough path, but um, you know, it was worth, it, worth the journey. All
1: right. So we're going to get into the specifics of, of uh, exactly your business model a bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, So first, I want to just put a pin in something, because I think this is something that comes up often when I talk to people who are younger or who started when they were younger. And the thing is, when you start out in the business, and you're 22, 23, 24, 25 years old, the reality about your network, your friend network, is that they're too young. And so you end up in this kind of weird situation where you're like punching above your weight, like you're 22, you don't have a whole lot of experience, and you have to be selling to an older group of people and to appear credible with them. And that can really be a bit of an uphill battle. And I think it's nice to hear a story of someone who says yeah well like don't forget that you will grow into that network and it's normal that when you start out young you're facing that challenge maybe you can just tell me a little bit of like the concrete things that you did like how were you able to get better at sales and marketing like where did you get that knowledge how were you able to build your network because I think that's it doesn't matter if you're a real estate broker, a mortgage broker, or just an investor, like someone who's raising capital, Like it, that's a challenge for everybody who starts out when they're young.
0: Yeah, pretty much invested uh, all my money into myself, going to seminars, sales seminars, marketing seminars, uh, funnel seminars, like digital marketing seminars, all those seminars. Uh, that helped me. I used to travel to the States to get the best knowledge possible. I know I was young, I know I had so much to uh, learn, uh, so Everything I did is invested in myself and, um, also go to those, uh, nine, like five to seven, uh, said, it says better in French. Um, so yeah, I was just, I was just out there. You no, know? I, I didn't take a no for a yes. Every time I had a partner, uh, even though I like they and people don't really tell you, you no, know, they don't want to work with you. They just listen. And the next thing you know, you never heard, hear bad from them. I'm like, okay, what did I, what did it, what did I do, do wrong here? And I was always like trying to perfect myself. And also, you know, mortgages, there is more than a hundred products. You know, we're, as a mortgage broker, we don't work for one bank. We're not a mortgage specialist. Uh, we're not a banker who work for that bank uh, specifically. So uh, we, have to, we have to learn all the products. So I made, sure, I made sure that I learned every product by heart. I know exactly what other solution for him client. So when I meet a client for them. And they they're talking about their solution, their 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 problem actually, and I know exactly what to do. You know, I tell them exactly what how we can solve this. And uh, when when you you're you're able to find solution, they don't really look at your age anymore. They didn't see you as an expert. So I made sure that I was I was get, I was getting the information needed so people don't uh, reject me because I was young. And people these days, when sometimes I go to bars, clubs, and everything. Uh, much less now but uh, you know they still caught me you know they still caught me at my age uh, so imagine at 22 I it looked like a freaking 17 years old so it was really tough for me uh, but I made sure that uh, because because I had the knowledge nobody saw my age and everything was done over the phone uh, so I never told my age so I, I was I was closing without telling my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: it's, it's funny you know I also started when I was pretty young and, you know, I'm more on the property management investment side, but like, believe me, you know, when like a little blonde 25 year old with, you know, an, an accent shows up, like the construction guys weren't lining up to take me seriously. So <laughs> I do, I do know what that feels like. Okay. But so let's, let's shift to talk about your business a little bit more. Um, So you say you're the guy who people call when they are out of solutions so maybe you can just break that down to me for me like a little bit more specifically when I think of a mortgage broker I think of somebody who you know you like if I'm a real estate broker I will call you to get my qual- my clients pre-qualified and then sometimes I hit a snag maybe you can tell me what it looks like from the other side
0: so uh, what I'd like to uh, start uh, by saying is uh, to understand alternative solutions and private solution you need to know the the, the whole financing world how how it's structured. So there's the A side where there the we have the big bank, the big five, the big seven, uh, virtual banks also. Uh, that's when you have a good credit score, good income, uh, you have uh, everything that you need to qualify easily uh, with those banks. Okay. Once we we don't have one of those things, then you don't qualify anymore in the in their in their criterias. Then there's B lenders or we call them alternative banks, B lenders. Those banks are also big institution. They're all over Canada. Uh, they do land in Quebec. And with them, they're more flexible, especially for self-employed people. Let's say you have a low income, but you're actually making money. Um, we could look into your deposits. I don't want to go into the technical stuff, but I'm telling you, uh, they're much more flexible on the credit score. If you have a low credit score, it is possible. If you have a low income, but you're making money, it is possible. And then let's say, because there are they're also banks, they do have some criterias. And if that doesn't work with them, then we can go on the private side where everything is possible. And on the, in the private side, we don't, like usually banks study uh, when they approve a file, it's on their credit, the, the, their credit. So meaning how well they can pay, how well they can manage their, 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 their money, but on the private side, it's all about equity. So as long as you have a good guarantee for us, a good collateral, uh, there's equity on the property, we're able to. Purchase or we will be able to uh, refinance. So it's uh, purchase meaning we have you need to have a big down payment. So these are the solutions. So once I know it doesn't qualify on the A side, we can look into the B side and we can look into the private side. And that's for in the residential. Same goes for the commercial where you could look at the A side and then B private. And there's there are different reasons why we will commercial on the B in the B and the private. Uh, we can you can go into that if you, if uh, if you have if those questions comes later.
1: Enjoying the episode so far? Have you really been listening to the episode, or has your monkey mind been taking you off in one direction or another? Our mental habits can be our biggest assets or our biggest liabilities as we pursue certain goals. For me, the biggest performance gains have always come from training my mind. In my book, Mindful Landlord, I talk about how you can train your mind and how you can apply some of these strategies to your journey in the real estate field. The book is available on Amazon and also on its website, MindfulLandlord.com. Now I'll stop evangelizing for the power of mental training and let you get back to the show. Yeah, no, sure. Uh, Can you? So maybe can you explain that to me? I think it's on the residential side, it's quite clear because they're looking at um, your personal income. And like, for example, if I want to, Buy a house, but I'm self-employed, and I, you know, declare low income. It's possible that my business is making money while my personal declared income is quite small. So that's like clear to me why maybe a B lender would be the right solution, um, or in some cases, uh, even even private lending. But so explain the the uh, commercial side to me a bit more.
0: The commercial side, the, the big issue these days are delays. Sometimes you have a, you have this wonderful property, wonderful deal that you're uh, you're just got, and you need to buy this property as soon, as soon as possible, because the vendor is really motivated, but you don't know what, how long he's going to be motivated to sell and you actually making, you know going to, to make some money. And, uh, uh, so what happened is it can take up to like a month or two months, three months, if you're going short side with the CMAC to get this deal done. So we go sometime, some investors, what they do, they go on the private side, directly to the private because it's much easier, less documentation less of headache on, on the criteria and once we get the, the, the ownership of the property then they, lo- they look into the A side where they, they can take the time to refinance the property that could be one solution the other solution is uh, most properties these days especially in, in, in the big cities uh, the income is low but the value is high so the the big banks will ask you will ask us around you know Minimum 25 to, okay, it can go up to 60%, 60% Some in some cases. They get a low, the low, income is low. Okay. So what we have to do is uh, either you put more down payment to purchase this property, or you can go to the B side where they don't look in, they don't calculate the same way. They calculate as, as if you were buying a property in the residential side. The GDS, TDS, they look, they, they more look into the TDS, meaning that we look into how much your income, your, Building income and they'll they'll take your personal income or if you have a business they look into your business income can both together can you uh, is it possible with both all those income you're able to pay the property if you're able to pay the property then they finance it as quickly, quickly as possible with minimum twenty percent down as long as you are able to like uh, respect the criteria yes, we can go up to sixty percent if yes instead of uh, Uh, yeah, like sixty percent instead of like sixty percent down payment. So it's much of much um, less. um, The the down payment needed is much less than regular side on the regular side. That's pretty much the main reason. Low income, just same as the resident shelter. If you have a low income on on the property, uh, we're we're able to take your personal income. That's pretty much it. And your credit, yeah, credit score is very important. If you have a low credit score, unfortunately, you're not able to do this transaction. You know, uh, even though we're qualifying the building, we still want to check your credit score. If you don't have a good credit score, unfortunately, they can't give you a loan. But on the B side, we're able to do it. And the private side, same scenario as residential property transactions. We need to do, act quickly. We need to buy this property. That's for investors' side, like auto constructions. Where you know, like I have this recent deal where I had to fund um, this person who who was, who was building a forty, a uh, fifty apartment. $1 million for the apartments, and in the middle of the transaction, the bank didn't want to go forward anymore. So what I had to do is come in, give the money, so we're on $10, $10 million. Uh, we give, we had to keep, give, give this money as quickly as possible. And I made it happen in one week. Usually it takes them a month to get, even in private, that kind of money. So if we're, in, we're talking about millions of dollars, it can take it up to, up to a month, maybe three, four weeks, but I made it happen in one week. And this person, uh, he paid like the six hundred thousand dollars of interest. He's he's going to pay six hundred thousand dollars of interest for a year, but he's making so much money out of this, the, the whole deal that he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't even care. Like he's making more than ten million dollars in profit.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know when you came and did the talk for us um, at the at uh, the um, real estate investors club evening, you put a lot of emphasis on you know, understanding the private lending ecosystem before you involve yourself with it. And the two things I found really interesting were when you were talking about needing an exit strategy and knowing who you're working with. So I wonder if you can sort of like go over that again, because I found that was like really important information.
0: Very important, very important. And uh, like in in the in the private side, there's no structure. Uh, there's no government that is the structure, uh, The the private side of the business. So anybody can be a private lender. You could be a private lender. I could be a private lender. If I, let's say tomorrow I wish, if I win millions of dollars uh, from Lotto, I could pretty much uh, become a private lender. But what happened is a lot of people, they get on to the private side because they see that there's money money, money to be uh, made. Uh, but unfortunately, they're not doing for the right reasons or they don't know what they're doing. So you could work with a major major private lender and you could also work with a professional you know, obviously of a the amateur one, he, he has maybe less experience. He doesn't know what he's doing. It he could be much cheaper, but do you really want to go with this person? Now for 1% person or 2% cheaper. Imagine, let's say he only has $500,000 and he's actually lending you $500,000 for this property. Okay. At 80%, when most private lenders, professional private lenders, they're at 75 because he doesn't know what he's doing. Okay. He, he, he got told that the 80% is there's no risk. Uh, market is going good. You know, they're prevalent and they need a buffer. In case that yeah, the client is defaulting the, the payment, you need, they need to take back the property. 25% buffer, it's just a limit. It may be, we'll get out of the deal by selling the property and not lose any money. That's a maybe, no? Because in Quebec, it can take up to six months, maybe a year to take back the property. It's not like um, as quick as uh, we might think. So this person, if he needs the money, uh, let's say you, t- you take a term term of six months and after six months, you're like convinced that in six months, you're able to like re- reimburse it. But in six months, after five months after you're like, Hey, hey uh, buddy, I need uh, another six months. You're like, Hey, I need my money, my money to, uh, to put my, my girl to, uh, to school. You know, like, yeah, she's going to Harvard and I need $400,000. That you're, 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 you're in big trouble. You're in big trouble, you know, but you need to find another private lender who knows he's going he's gonna to only lend you 75 and you're at 80, so he, they can't even do, the, do this deal. And if in case he, they do the deal, they will charge you extra fees, more fees. No, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a headache of a transaction where you, everything could be avoided by going to the private lender who is professional, who has millions of dollars. This $500,000 doesn't stress him. And, uh, you know, uh, in case that we need a renewal, You'll understand as long as you paid on time every month we'll do it that's the reason why you should always work with professional private lenders even for one two three percent cheaper you shouldn't do that it's not worth it the stress that comes with it is not even worth it you know that's why I always preach to go with a uh, to to go with professional private lenders especially go through a mortgage broker because a mortgage broker is is his goal is to make sure that we start find the right private lender, making the right conditions, right rate, and make sure that we have an extra strategy. Private lender, unfortunately, you could say he he knows stuff, but he doesn't know how banks criteria works. You know? So let's say you come here you come to a you come to see a private lender. You're like, hey listen, buddy, I need six months. Don't worry about it. I'll refinance it. Don't worry about it. Just give me the loan. Fine. Okay. I know Terry. She See, I've um, I, I done business with her. She's an honest person. I'll, I'll lend, lend her to 500. What happened is six months later, you're, you're having big trouble refinancing the property. That can be avoided by going through a mortgage broker to find a private lender. So we'll make sure that once you go into the private lending, we structure so you're able to refinance in six months, either with the, on the regimen, either on the commercial side, or it will be on the B-set lending side. So always worth to go with a, big lender, I mean, a mortgage broker to find a private lender.
1: Mm-hmm. And so like say so you kind of mentioned the exit strategy a little bit but like I wonder if you could just maybe develop that a little bit because I think you know sometimes the world of private lending sounds almost too good to be true sure the interest rate is higher but they'll finance anything right and I think it's it's one of these things that's a bit like flipping in that if you're six months off in your calculations like it can sink your battleship and so just like maybe if you can kind of explain you know, the importance of an exit strategy and how you, you can help build that for people when, they're, when you're managing the
0: financing? So well, the, 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 the first thing to do is find what's the problem, why we're going to the private lender in the first place. Once we know what's the problem, uh, it, it could be low income if that's the case. How are we going to now make sure that they're you know, going to increase the, the income of the property? How are we going to do this? And I'm going to tell you exactly how much do you need for the value of this property for the the amount of apartments there, how much do you need to, in, to, get a regular loan with a regular bank. So if you know, you know exactly what to do. I'll tell you exactly A to Z, like what are the criteria to get a loan with a regular bank. So once you go in the private side, you'd be hundred percent confident. Okay, I know exactly what to do. Say so told me this, okay, let's make it happen. That's if, we, if we're looking to keep the property, if you're looking to refinance the property, but if it's. To, if it's to sell the property, it's a quick purchase, do the optimization, do the renovation and boom, we, we, take, uh, we put it on sale. Make sure that we are, we are actually not like being too optimist and uh, find, ask for like the, the minimum terms, just to pay the, the minimum fees and the minimum interest. But yeah, after that, let's have, let's say you take three months, there's some private lender that they give you three months, uh, let's say in three months you don't, you don't sell your property, then there's going maybe a renewal fee of $5,000. That could be avoided by negotiating with this private lender, a term that is much more flexible. So I make sure that based on the problem, I, I give them three, uh, different plans, plan A, plan B, plan C, in case the plan A doesn't work, in case the plan B doesn't work. So we, could, we look into the resi- residential side. I'm sorry, the bank side, the A side. And if the A side doesn't work, I'll tell them, okay, plan B is B side. And here's what we have to do. So they have different options. When, uh, once they go to, with the private lender. And in case any, any of those doesn't work, there's also a possibility I make sure that the terms, is going determine the condition we negotiate with the private lender, it's, um, it's more than flexible. Not hard. Flexible, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Not appropriate to the deal.
0: Does uh, it, is it, that it? Will answer well the question.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's perfect. Um, so before we we move on to uh, a like bit of a different topic, maybe you can just throw out some current benchmark rates. Um, that are people that people can like hang a an idea on how much that money is going to cost them in the A B and private sides.
0: Yeah. Um. A side, we're talking about three four percent, right? These days, uh, at the moment. <laughs>
1: insured,
0: I right? yeah, insured, insured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on the B side which like uh, make um, six, 7, 8%, I'm doing a deal uh, with 9% at the moment, uh, capital interest. Okay. And on the private side, it starts at 9% we, when we're talking about big value, okay. Like $5 million, $10 million deals when we have to deal with like semi-privates, uh, and you can go up to, um, 12, 15, you know, uh, max is 15, especially with professional private lenders. Uh, we don't go beyond 15, uh, and plus fees, you know, uh, there's brokerage trees and there's lending fees. you can go based on the volume, like, uh, the bigger the volume is, the less it's going to cost you on, on the percentage, but it could go up to one, one, two, three, four, five 5% based on the volume. I know. So, every deal is different. Uh, all you have to make sure is, is it worth, it? like, do, to understand if it's worth it, make, do the numbers and make sure that all the expenses of this, of this loan, it's covered by the profit of the property. The profit at the end, if, at the, uh, when you're going to sell the property or when you're in free finance, make sure that everything is calculated to get it.
1: Okay. Thank you. Um, all right. So like now we're kind of coming to the end of our time. Um, I want to just ask you, I have two questions. So maybe we can try to get them both in because I think they're, they're important. Um, so you know, in our industry, very often, you know, people are all over social media, like, you know, showing projecting success. And I think one of the problems is that very often we don't talk openly about the lifestyle hits that we took to get where we are. You know, I'll give you an example, you know, like when I started investing, um, I lived in Hochulaga for 10 years uh, on the ground floor of a triplex with my tenants upstairs. And there were hookers on the corner and like, my friends lived in condos on Nuns Island and like, that was the lifestyle hit that I took to get my career going. So I wonder if you could, you know, tell the audience a little bit about what that was like for you. Like what kind of sacrifices did you make to get where you
0: are? a Great question, Hannah. Um, just today, you know, I used, I slept at, uh, 11 o'clock and woke up at five, went to the gym, uh, and then I'm here at the office, uh, for our, our well, podcast. So, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of sacrifice, that's for sure. Like, um, for me, it's like every day, uh, I I, uh, make sure that I have, I'm winning at something to make sure that, you know, I'm I'm excited for the next day. Since I have a lot of projects, it doesn't really affect me The I'm really loving the process. I'm trusting the process because I have a lot of big dreams, big ambitions. So, uh, because I have big dream, big ambitions, now I make sure that, uh, I'm actually taking the actions I need, right? If you have your is here and your action is here, obviously it will be one deal, uh, you, you're not going to be motivated, you know, uh, and you're going to be desperate, and, but because I'm my my dreams are very big. I make sure that if I want to achieve those dreams, I need to work harder. So it doesn't really affect me, but I know that when, when people talk to me, like, how do you do it? And they said that I'm not normal. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not normal and I do understand that. And it's just how big is your dream? You know, because I have big dreams. Uh, I know I have to work hard. That's, yeah. I mean, if I answer it correctly um, in the process, I know it's a lot of sacrifice. Uh, Waking up early, not having enough sleep, um, managing stress, dealing problems every day, you know, the reason why we're well paid is because we deal with problems. And if you're not excited about dealing problem, excited about having those stress and having those people who are not happy or you need to make them sure that they they are happy. You know, like, uh, you know, it's a lot of uh, thinking, a lot of processes that are going through your head. Every day, it's just, it's a battle and I love it. I love it because, you know, like if you want, if I want to go to the next level, I need to make sure I handle this, those solutions, those problems these days.
1: Yeah. I, I like, I really, I love that answer. Um, I, first of all, I love asking people this question because I never really know what they're going to tell me. Um, but I love that answer. You know, I think it's so important, um, for actions to support goals and people say you're non normal, but like Sarah, Jen, like so many people have goals up here and their actions are down here. And just to understand that those two things have to be at the same level, like it makes you not normal because there's very few people who are actually able to line up their actions with what their goals are and so to achieve whatever it is they're setting out to achieve. So I think that's a really great point.
0: Thank you. We appreciate
1: it. Let me ask you uh, the last question of the interview. So, you know, in our industry, again, there's a lot of stuff that people talk about on a regular basis. And then maybe there's things that we bring out less into the public light. What do you think we should be talking about in our industry that we're not talking about enough?
0: In real estate? Yeah. Maybe like the, uh, the sacrifices, like you just mentioned, like how hard it is to like be a real estate investor, especially when you, in your case dealing with tenants and everything, you know, like being an investor, is not all about the glamour, the money and how, how, uh, you could easily become rich make money so it's all about the it's also 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 uh, all about like the sacrifices dealing with tenants uh dealings tenants are when are happy all the stuff maybe like we need to take the time to talk about that's pretty much sure um risk the risk factor a lot of people don't actually uh, talk about the horror stories how people lost money in real estate how, pe- how people like went into the private side and You know, they, and then they lost everything. They lost their property because they didn't do the numbers correctly. They went with the wrong private lender. So that's the reason why I always wanted to talk to clients. I made, I make sure that, you know, Hey, listen, here, why, why you're dealing with me here, why you are actually winning in this transaction, Uh, because I make sure that, that you're well structured. Um, so talk about the, um the 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 bad stuff about, about our industry. Maybe that will help people understand. Okay, do I really want to do this, or you know, or I don't want to do this. Like, unfortunately, fortunately for me, I went to the mortgage side uh, without knowing anything. Just the just the the fact that I I love the fact that uh, you could pretty much work from everywhere in the world. But at the end, uh, fortunately, I fell in love with this business. You know. But a lot of people just get sold by the the soul. they the people who are in social media. But at the end they realize that it's not for them. So you need to make sure that it's for it's for you before getting so this.
1: So yeah, that- I think that I think that's like that's a really great point. Um that, you know, people get attracted sometimes by the shiny objects, you know, if it's the money or the flexibility or the work from anywhere. But the truth is that those of us who end up staying for, you know, 10 years, 20 years in the business, it's because we actually love the business. i like, you know, I have this conversation at least once a week when I say like, c'est un métier, you know, you want to be a property manager, you want to be a mortgage broker, whatever it is, you want to really excel at that. Like it's a skill and it's like you're an artisan, right? Like you, you have to learn your trade. It's a trade. That's the English word I'm looking for. Like it's a trade and you have to learn your trade. You have to get very good at your craft. And you have to love it. And, you know, whatever little niche you're in, uh, all niches are not for everyone. I could never be a mortgage broker. I don't like numbers enough. But I can be a property manager because I can deal with the tenants. I have the patience and, you know, the curiosity. (laughs) Um, So it depends, like, on your character as to where you, you fit in there. But you do have to love it, I think.
0: Definitely, Definitely. If you don't love it, it's not for you. Yeah.
1: Uh, Sarajan, thank you for having this conversation with me today. It's been real fun. Um, what's the best way for people to connect with you if they want to learn more about what you do?
0: Yeah, sure. Like there's no excuses, uh, well, they can, there's no excuses to not find me. Like I'm on TikTok, I'm on IG, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, just write my name, on Google, you find me. Um, so yeah, every, 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 um, way of contacting me is good. Social media or they can just call me with my number. Uh, so I can share it with you so you can put it on the, uh, on the, on the show notes, yeah. Show notes, yeah. Yeah, pretty much uh, all, 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 ter- all means of uh, contacting.
1: All right. Thank you for sharing this time with me.
0: Thank you, Jerry. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, remember to give us a rating, leave a comment, subscribe, and share. You can find Terry at TerryShower.com. Her book, Mindful Landlord, is available on Amazon. You can also follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club. You can learn more about the club's networking and educational activities on Facebook by searching for Real Estate Investors Club. Look to the show notes to find information on our guests and links to material mentioned in the episode.